0: We've been doing a series over the last few weeks that I've been just calling it Faith Matters, dealing with our faith. Now, we start off with an idea that our faith is based predominantly only on one thing, and that there was a man who died and rose again, and everything that we do revolves around that simple thought, there was a man who died and came back to life. We continued the idea, though, that says, you know, the reason why it matters is because we believe there is a God. Everything we do starts with this basic concept. There is a God, and if there is a God, he would send his son. He would want us to be reconciled to him. We continued last week to say, well, what do we know about him? is based solely upon what we call the Bible, but the Bible is not a magical book that floated down from the sky. There is actually something so much more profound with it that stops to give us confidence in the words that we have. I'm going to ramp it up a little bit more today. And I want to talk about an idea. Let me get my notes up before I go too far. I'll be lost. Uh, I want to talk about the idea that we will be known. Those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, though, should be known by how we live. You see, if our faith is real in our lives, it should actually do something. In our lives. Now, I've been told that this pandemic has been good for certain businesses, and one of them is not Lowe's, even though I'm sure they've survived quite well. The reality is, is those who do puzzles, I have heard that puzzles, those who make puzzles are absolutely doing great. I don't know about you, but when I think about puzzles, I have not bought any during this pandemic time. But when I think about puzzles, I have these warm, fuzzy feelings because I remember my grandmother. And every summer and winter break when I was down here, I'd go back up to Iowa uh, to spend my summer and winter breaks and to get a job. And within a day or two of getting back to my grandmother's place, out would come a box of puzzles. And they would be dumped on that kitchen table, spread across. And we would spend hours and I mean, it would literally be days, but hours of each day is working on these big puzzles, slowly putting them together. Now, I absolutely loved it because for most of my growing up, I grew up in Australia. And I didn't get a lot of chance to get to know my grandmother. And so for hours, we would just sit and talk and laugh and just have a good time. And it was the best way that I ever got to know my grandmother was around some puzzles The reality is when we talk about puzzles, though, for each of us, that kind of brings a different mindset. For some of you, if I was to talk about a puzzle, if I was to bring a puzzle and I was to dump it out on your kitchen table, there are several of you who would have some different reactions. Some of you would almost go to panic mode. You'd almost get that anxiety attack because as you stop and you look at those puzzles, the only thing you can think about is those things falling on the floor. Clogging up the vacuum cleaner. I mean, who needs a puzzle? Who needs all that extra work and that frustration and the hours of trying to put together a stupid puzzle? And so when you get that, you just quickly grab the box. When I leave, you take the box and you just push all those puzzle pieces back in the box and say, All right, I'll stick that aside and give that to someone who might actually like it. Some of you would be a little bit more like, oh, yeah, this is exciting. And I dumped that puzzle box out on your table. You'd begin to go through and you'd start looking for pieces and you'd start putting them together. And about two hours in, you'd start going, is this all there is to it? I mean, what do you do with a puzzle? I'm getting kind of a little bored with it. We've spent two hours and we still only got a little corner done. I mean, really, the only thing is that you begin to think about these other things too, though, like what do you do with a puzzle when you finish it? Have you ever spent hours and hours and hours on a 1,200, 1,500 piece puzzle to finally get it done? And you look at it and you think, now what do I do with it? I mean, I have gone to some of the antique stores and you see them put up on a board glued and lacquered and stuck into a frame. But I mean, really, if you actually glue a puzzle down to a board, does that mean you've only ever done one puzzle and you just figured that was it, I'm not doing any more, and that was your proof, you actually did it? I mean, that's not really a good look that you want to advertise. And so you know, okay, if I actually finish this, the only thing I'm going to do with it is actually break it up and put it back in the box. And so you quit about a quarter of the way through because uh, it's too much work. There's too many colors. There's too many pieces. They're small. They're all getting kind of frustrating. To some of you, though, if I was to bring a box of puzzles and I would dump them out on your table, your heart would start to race, not because of anxiety, but because there's this challenge. As you just sit there and look at those pieces, all, all you can begin to do is you see shapes and you begin to see patterns beginning to merge. And something starts clicking in your brain. And you just spend hours. And you can't stop until it's done because it is as the challenge. And it's not about the puzzle. It's about you beating the challenge. And even after you finish, and as you're sitting there breaking that puzzle up and you're putting the box, you sit there with this like, I did it. No one else is going to understand this, but I did that. And as I'm pulling that thing and breaking it apart, you're sitting there thinking... I conquered it. That was me. And it feels good. The harder the puzzle, the better the accomplishment. You know, as we stop and talk about puzzles, I'm not just talking about puzzles because of this pandemic. The reality is this as we begin to talk about our faith, though, so many times our walk with God or our faith walk feels like a puzzle. The thing about a puzzle is, is that it is fully, it's there. The problem is, is it's made up of so many small, tiny pieces that almost all look alike, that are all sort of similar. And as you're looking at them, you're thinking, I can't do it. But the reality is, is that we can do it. When it comes to our faith with Jesus Christ, the reality is that we've been given everything we need to make it through life. You see, we don't really have the opportunity. We don't really have the option to open up that puzzle box and to sweep it all back in. That's not given to us. That choice has been taken from us. In First John chapter 3, John the apostle began to write a letter and he began to sort of deal with this idea and this concept about the idea of our life being a puzzle. Um, I want to take a few minutes, and we're just going to stop and look at it and deal with it. And we're going to look at it from John's perspective to start with. And then we're going to finish up with the Apostle Paul in just a second. But you see, as we start with our faith, we have these ideas that we know what we think our faith should be. We begin to talk about our faith, and we think strong gentle loving caring and yet as we go through life we find ourselves constantly bombarded with things neighbors I mean who needs neighbors I mean co-workers I mean how do we deal with coworkers who who constantly just don't do their job right and and, and we begin to deal with family and family gets frustrating as much as we love them they kind of you know And life just continues to happen and it just feels like a puzzle and how do I put my puzzle piece together well John begins to help us understand in fact he begins to help us because he begins saying first John chapter three verse one he begins to say this see how very much our father loves us for he calls us his children and that is what we are but the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him The Apostle John starts by reminding us that a person who has made a choice to follow Jesus Christ, this choice puts them into a special relationship. John says that the moment you chose to follow Jesus Christ, you were made a part of a special, unique family, his. And so John begins to tell us, all right, you have been made Very unique, very special. Um, Yet, as wonderful as this relationship is, John reminds us that it is not always that easy because it gets complicated from the very start. Because though I begin to say, okay, I'm a child of God, those who don't follow Jesus Christ don't understand this relationship. They begin to look at us like something's a little bit odd with you. They begin to stop, and as we begin to try to get our life and in order, they begin to stop and, and question our actions. Well, why are you doing that? Why are you trying to forgive that person? Don't you remember when they hurt you so bad? Why, why are you stopping going to those parties that we used to have so much fun at? Why are you, why are you concerned with your language? And their very actions they begin to question because they don't understand. And it's not just our actions they begin to question, they begin to question our motives. Well, what are you getting out of it? Surely you must be getting something out of it. Are you trying to impress someone? Is this somehow going to make you better than me if you kind of act this way? And so all of a sudden, our life begins to get complicated simply when we make a choice to follow Jesus Christ because those who don't follow don't understand this relationship that there's something special and unique that has happened in my life. But that's not the only problem. Because it's not just that others begin to question my actions and question my motives when I try to do the right thing. But John goes on a little bit further in verse two and he says this. Dear friends, we are already God's children but he has not yet shown us what we will will be like when Christ appears. In other words, John begins to say, hey, sometimes your life is a little bit messed up like a puzzle. It's not just that there's problems on the outside, but there's problems that come on the inside because we feel confused because we know we're not what we should be. We know that sometimes the harder we try, the more things seem to pop up in our life that just trip us up. The more we try to get along with someone, the more they just kind of take that last nerve I have and begin to pluck it like a banjo string. We know that the more we try to forgive someone, the more they just continue to do and to do, and, and, and it gets hard. The more we try to, 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 to not say the words that, you know, we shouldn't say and take God's name in vain and all this stuff, we find ourselves dropping hammers on our feet where it hurts Mm -hmm. and sometimes things slip out and sometimes Mm -hmm. we have co-workers that are starting to and and we just things come out that we don't want to come out of our mouth and it just gets complicated because we know that I've given my life to Jesus Christ and I know I'm his child but things are not working out I know I'm not the person I should be and that's what John begins to remind Mm -hmm. us of. He's telling us that we're not yet what we should be. In other words, we know this within ourselves. It's not that external pressure alone. It's this internal. Something's bugging me. I just, I can't quite do it. I'm trying and I'm trying, but I just can't do it. We all know that we're called to better things. We all know that when it comes to our faith it really should make a difference but sometimes our faith life seems a little much like a puzzle dumped out on a table sprawled across and we're struggling to put all the pieces together the interesting thing is that when i was working on a puzzle with my grandmother there is a i don't know i guess they call them hacks today there is a way to help you figure out how to do the puzzle The number one way to figure out what a puzzle should look like is you take the puzzle box and you stick it up. You look at the puzzle box. It is amazing what you see when you look at the puzzle box and then you look at all the pieces. You can begin to start separating colors into certain areas. Patterns. Oh, I begin to see. I see there's a little red off of a church building over here. I'll push that over here and Oh, there's a little white robe from a choir person. I'll stick it over here. Or there's, we begin to just shuffle those pieces that we know they kind of, they've got to fit within those places. You see, the best way to start working on a puzzle is to look at the box. What about our faith? What is the best way to start getting our faith to look like what it should? You see, here's the sad reality if we were to go out on the street today and ask a normal person who doesn't follow Jesus Christ, what do you think of those who follow Jesus Christ? What is your impression of them? Okay, you may not want to do it because you may not like what you hear. The reality is, is that most times, and I was just reading a survey this last week, and I believe it was by the Barner Research Group, is that they've done a research on what do you think of Christians? There are certain words that just keep, popping up. Some of these words were judgmental, hypocritical, insensitive, boring, arrogant, rude. Now, I'll be honest with you, when I look in the mirror, that's not exactly the sort of person I want looking out at me. That's not what I want people to to describe me as. Yet, The reality is, is as we put the puzzle box up of who Jesus Christ was, what do we see in him? We know what it should be because let's go on to verse two and he continues, we'll continue on a little bit farther. It says this, but we do know that we will be like him for we will see him as he really is. The result of our faith puzzle Or a life of faith should be one that looks like Jesus Christ. What should your life look like as a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, that little phrase should give us a hint. Follower of Jesus Christ means that our life should look like the puzzle box lid. Him, Jesus Christ. You see, when we begin to talk about Jesus Christ, what do we find? We find a person who was, I don't know how to say this any other way, but he was super good. We would use words such as holy, righteous, perfect. Here was a guy, when we talk about Jesus Christ, who did nothing wrong, and yet when he got around others, Even when they were rotten people, they liked him. He didn't condemn them. Instead, he called them to something better. He didn't stop and wag his finger in their face saying, shame on you, shame on you. Let me put you down. Instead, he said, hey, you're right. Let's go and don't do that anymore. I forgive you. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. That was what we constantly hear him say. You see, when Jesus was around people, they seemed to like him. He was loving. He was caring. He reached out and touched people who were unlovable, who were sick. In other words, in those days, they were called untouchables. People who were separated from society, and yet he cared. You see, as we begin to look at our puzzle box, we know that our puzzle box should be Jesus Christ. Our puzzle, our life of faith that we're putting together should look like Him. Okay, the journey of faith is probably going to be the easiest thing you ever start, isn't it? What does a person have to do to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Pledge money to the church? Nope. Get baptized? Nope. Um, Turn over a new leaf? Nope. The journey of faith starts with the simple idea we started with. Putting your trust in the one who died and rose again. Coming to him, saying, God, I can't do it. I give you my life. It is that simple. You see, starting a walk with God is the easiest thing you can ever do. However... Continuing to walk with God is sometimes a little more complicated. The journey of faith is challenging because we know that the moment we give our life to Jesus Christ, something should change. If we truly are going to call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, that means we begin to follow Jesus Christ and something changes within our lives. John continues this thought. Let's go down to verse 3. John continues this thought in three, in, in his chapter 3, in verse 3, and he says this. All who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. You see, we choose to begin to live a different life, not because we're trying to gain God's favor. We already have that. That's what verse 1 tells us. We are already his children. The moment we give our life to him, he's already called us and made us his own. But something begins to happen because if our life of faith is going to have value, it has to be lived out. It's like going out and buying a brand new Corvette. Now, I must say, I do like the new generation of Corvettes. I'm a little bit, I do like the old ones too. Okay, so if you are wanting to donate one, I am all open to any generation of Corvette. But I do like the new ones. But a new Corvette is no good if it is parked in the garage. The value of a car is only as good as what you do when you get it out on the street. The value of your faith is only as good as how you live it out. I'm not trying to say you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ if you don't live your life a certain way. I'm just trying to say this. It has no value. If you don't change your life, if things aren't happening differently because of your faith in Jesus Christ, then the value of your faith is very low. And John begins to remind us that, hey, we need to live pure lives just as he is pure. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It means to follow. You see, our faith should have real-time value. It should sustain us in hard times. It should provide us with comfort. It should give us a future. It should help us make it through our lives. You see, a life of faith should look different. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the apostle Paul, in 22 and 23, he actually gives us what a life of faith should look like. In other words, when Jesus Christ is in our lives, when we're choosing to follow him, What should it look like? Well, Paul kind of begins to tell us and he says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is the list that Paul gives us of what it looks like to follow Jesus Christ. This is what should be happening in the way we live. Instead of that words that sometimes are used against us, judgmental, hypocritical, insensitive, boring, arrogant, rude, our lives should exude love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, faithfulness, gentleness. And I love the last one he puts up there. Self-control. The ability to be in control of our life, of our actions. This is the outcome of faith. This is what that puzzle box Should begin to look like when we see Jesus Christ. These are the sort of things that we should see. When we yield our life to following Jesus Christ, something should begin to change. But how do we yield our life? I mean, sometimes as pastors, we're great at throwing around things like this. Like you just need to yield. You need to surrender. Well, what does that actually entail? What does that look like? Well, I want to continue on in Colossians chapter two. Um, Paul also helps us to understand what does it mean. To yield to Jesus Christ or to surrender to him. Well, let's look at what Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 says. And he says this. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down deep in him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. The way we begin to allow good to come from our lives is to stick to the pattern that's been given to us. All right. Each of these sermons that we've been going actually really be are in. They're supposed to kind of connect into each other. Last week we dealt with what. You have something that you can stand on. God has given you a book that is reliable, that is trustworthy, that were written by his followers and were given to you for a specific reason so that you can know him. How are you going to pick up that box? How are you going to notice what he looks like? Well, the only way to do is to actually look at the puzzle box, which is his word. The disciples who sat and wrote us. Here's how he acted. Here's how he talked. Here's how he walked. Here's what he did. You got to know. That puzzle box, it's there. It's ready to be looked at. It's ready to be followed. In other words, Paul is telling us from the very start, continue in that faith which you have been given and let your roots grow down deep. you can only do that if you pick up your word of god if you take up your bible begin to read his story you see uh, f- starting a faith it's as simple as simply saying god i can't but you can and i give you my life now the bible makes it very clear he who comes to him he will not cast out he will not throw out he will not condemn but the reality is if you're going to find value to your faith you need to begin to base it on something you need to begin to look at the puzzle box lid and say, "God, what do you look like? How did you act? How did you respond?" You see, the reality of our faith is that it is causes or it should cause us to simply act and look like Jesus Christ. You see, faith doesn't have to be complicated if we simply say the reality of my faith is one that simply calls me to act like him, then it's pretty simple then all we've got to do is begin to study him and see how he acted and how he responded. Simple, isn't it? The puzzle pieces can begin to fit in place. You see, I I love puzzles. They remind me of the hours that I've spent with my grandmother. Time just talking, laughing, sharing, memories just having a good time together. What if you were to view your faith just like the time that I, those times that I spent with my grandmother? Simply just spending time with him. Talking. Laughing. Sharing. Spending time with each other. Learning to enjoy each other's company. You see, as we do that, we begin to look like the one we spend our time with. Simple faith, simple actions, sometimes complicated puzzle. But the more we spend with Him, the more the pieces fall into place. Father, as we close today, sometimes our lives do get awfully complicated. Sometimes we complicate them. Sometimes they're just complicated by themselves. Sometimes the pieces get jumbled. Relationships get messed up. And relationships break down and things happen that we don't understand. And Father, I don't know. This faith journey sometimes seems complicated, but Lord, I'm convinced that you call us to love. You call us to joy. You call us to peace. You call us to gentleness and kindness. You call us to self control. And Father, those are things that I want in my life. That's what I want my life to look like. And Lord, I know sometimes I don't get it right. Sometimes I'm not feeling those things. Sometimes I'm frustrated and I get angry and I I, I don't do things the way I should. But Father, help me to understand that the more time I spend with you, just talking, just getting to know you, The more that my puzzle pieces of life can begin to fall into place, help me to know you as who you are, not who I want you to be. With our heads bowed and our eyes real closed, I just want to ask you a really quick personal question. How is your faith journey right now? How is your faith life? Are you struggling? is it complicated are things going on that are out of your control can i challenge you in this moment with our heads bowed and eyes closed just to simply god help me to spend some time with you help me to get to know you help me to know how to respond like you would respond help me to know how to think like you would think help me to care like you care So I just want to challenge you with your eyes closed and your heads bowed real quickly. Spend some time with the one who loves you so much that he gave his life for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you want to help us to put the pieces together. Lord, I just pray. Help us to have a walk that is worthy of what you would want us to have.